0: You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned.
1: you find out life's this game of inches. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, That's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to another episode, finally, of Nostalgia Be Damned. The show where we take some of your favorite movies, the ones you're nostalgic about, the ones you grew up watching... We watch them objectively, let you know, are these movies good, bad, are you blinded by nostalgia?
0: This week, we watched 1999's sports drama, Any Given Sunday.
1: I don't know why we did
0: this. (laughs) Life's a contact sport, Zach. Mm. That was the tagline. But also, man, this is an aggressive movie. An aggressive movie that I did not know going in was two hours and, I don't know, 40 minutes long?
1: Two hours and 44 minutes long. This is, come on. Come on. Sorry. Dude.
0: It's cool, man. You know, I put you through a lot of shit, so I can't, you know, <laughs> I can't complain.
1: You put me through the ringer before. First of all, let's just get it off the bat. Uh, address the elephant in the room. Sorry about uh, another hiatus.
0: <laughs> you know, when the capital is under siege, I think we can be forgiven. There are there are bigger things happening. Uh, than this podcast.
1: I think we can be forgiven during a global pandemic and, you know, the capital it was... Yeah. Uh, Sedition. You know, stormed <laughs> by... Yeah. <laughs> Sedition, anarchy, coups.
0: Insurrectionists, whatever you want to call them. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think you can fucking uh, deal with <laughs> without two guys bragging on the Goofy movie for an hour or so. <laughs> And
0: maybe, I mean, I don't know if you could get a movie any further from a Goofy movie. What a fucking testosterone-fueled... Oh. Like, like I grew a mustache. Like, I grew a mustache during this movie. I bet
1: if you asked anybody who rated the Capitol what their favorite sports movie is, Any Given Sunday is at the top of that list.
0: (laughs) Wow. For those unfamiliar with this title, the IMDb plot synopsis reads a behind-the-scenes look at the life-and-death struggles of modern-day gladiators and those who'd lead them. <laughs> okay, all right.
1: <laughs> By the way, uh, Brandon, I'm sure you probably uh, understand this when I say this. The NFL hates this movie. <laughs> like, as an entity, the NFL hates this fucking movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, completely understandable. Um, I mean, so this this is directed by Oliver Stone. This will probably be the only Oliver Stone movie we'll ever cover on this podcast because, you know, he typically doesn't make movies that we would have ever watched as kids growing up. And before we even get into his filmography, Zach, I'm curious, did, did you watch this movie growing up? Was this movie one you like went back to throughout your childhood, or was this something you kind of found more recently?
1: This was a movie that I think I caught a couple times on HBO when I was younger, much like Bad Boys 2. But it was not a movie that I went and saw in theaters. It wasn't a movie even that I went out and rented or went out of my way to. It's just one of those movies, much like every football movie I think ever invented, that just like it happens to be on all the time, whether it's on HBO or TNT or, you know, kind of like The Replacements, that Keanu Reeves movie we did uh, how many months ago. (laughs)
0: Yep. Uh, I do remember watching this once with my dad. I remember that vivid memory, and I think, also like you, I may have caught it on TV a few times later in bits and pieces, but the first time I watched it, the only real parts I remembered was being told to shut my eyes during the locker room scene when people are hanging dong, and then I think there's a, a, a breast shot sure. later on, and mm-hmm. I vividly remember an eyeball being taken off the field. That's all that yep. that stuck with me for the two hours and 42 minutes or 44, whatever this goddamn Dude, so much time yep. of my life is gone now from him any given Sunday. It was the length of a full actual football
1: game. It it really was. Yeah. It was the length of an actual football game. That's fucking crazy. I didn't even think about that. It's so funny. You mentioned that too. the eyeball scene in particular, because this movie, I remember back when you first saw it, this this is when I had, I think more of a blind favorability of football. Like if you ask me about football now, man, I take it with a a huge grain of salt for any, number of reasons both on and off you know the field I football is a love-hate relationship I think with me my enjoyment of this movie is much the same way when I was younger the violence of it and the grittiness of it and in some ways the realism of it (laughs) even though it, it it plays like a satire now I think it was a lot more enjoyable while I was younger um and now I just like man it's gross on so many levels it's gratuitous it's gross it's just strange.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting if you if you go into Google right now and you type best football movies ever, this is one of the first posters that comes up. It's just one of the most, not necessarily critically acclaimed, but I think had the most star power, had the mm-hmm. most going forward, a big budget, and I think it's one that people who have seen it likely remember it.
1: And it's so different than all the other football movies out there that are probably on that list, like Remember the Titans and Rudy and like <laughs> Fight for the Underdogs. And like this movie is just like, do you see how many fucking tits we shoved in on screen?
0: <laughs> yeah, this one is just so different than all the football movies we've ever been fed throughout our childhood. And so that if you did catch it when you were younger, I think it probably stuck with you for me. All I remembered was an eyeball and uh, shut my eyes for some dong. Now I actually watched the director's cut, which is actually six minutes shorter thankfully, than the theatrical cut. So they removed 12 minutes of footage and then they added six minutes of new footage. So the theatrical runtime does in fact run two hours and 42 minutes long. Director's cut is like two and a half, maybe two hours and 35 minutes or something like that. So I was spared six minutes. So who knows what I missed.
1: Very, very happy for you. I just watched whatever version was on (laughs) HBO Max. So I feel like I got that extra 12 12 minutes.
0: (laughs) So this is, of course, directed by Oliver Stone. He also brought us Seizure. The Hand, Salvador, Platoon, Wall Street, Talk Radio, Born on the 4th of July, The Doors, JFK, Heaven and Earth, Natural Born Killers, Nixon, U-Turn, Alexander, World Trade Center, W, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps, Savages, and his most recent film being Snowden, which I did not see.
1: I haven't seen a lot of those movies.
0: Yeah, a lot of great ones in there, but uh, a lot of other ones that I have just not seen Any given Sunday, it's got a 6.9 on IMDb, a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. It cost $55 million to make it, earned $75 million in the U.S., and earned $100 million worldwide. It placed 28th on the domestic box office chart that year, the highest-grossing sports movie of that year, outgrossing Varsity Blues and For the Love of the Game. (laughs) And in a year full of so many great films, 1999, one of the best, uh, across all genres that year, somehow there were only, like, three, maybe four sports films released that entire year. Kind of strange. So it is partly based on the 1984 novel On Any Given Sunday by NFL defensive end Pat Tumay. Oliver Stone then developed a script called Monday Night, written by Jamie Williams, a former tight end for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and later the San Francisco 49ers, and Richard Weiner, a uh, sports journalist. Maybe it's Weiner. It's probably I bet it's Wiener. (laughs) (laughs) He then basically combined elements from two other scripts and some books to get this one. Oliver Stone requested, but did not receive, the NFL's permission to use real NFL team logos and stadiums for the film. And as a result, the fictional Associated Football Franchise of America, or the AFFA, was created, not to be confused with the real AFA. Uh, the AFFA apparently exists alongside the NFL because the Miami Dolphins are in fact mentioned at some point in the.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the implications of it are. If it's like just like a second tier football team, or like, I don't know. <laughs> I think that's. I think that makes it weird. Just get rid of the NFL because, like, uh, I don't know. I feel I feel like it lowers the stakes a little bit. It
0: does. So I I just always pictured this as you know an alternative NFL. The NFL just didn't exist in this yeah. universe. I think that's how it should be, anyway. Um, Either way, I guess Clint Eastwood was actually sought after for Al Pacino's role early on. However, he also wanted to direct the movie, so the studio did decline. Robert De Niro also declined for the lead part.
1: Ew, De Niro would have been like a Lombardi. (laughs) Like a Vince Lombardi like wearing suits. I think Pacino's perfect. He's just that like right that right level of old sleazy Italian dude.
0: Dude, he looks so fucking tired. I mean he always does in most movies, but this and Insomnia, he looks like he's about to die. He just needs his sleep. Give this man, this poor man some sleep.
1: I don't know what happened after Al (laughs) Pacino to Al Pacino after fucking Dog Day Afternoon and The Godfather and like Scarface where he just got like so tired. (laughs) He's never woken up.
0: So uh, Sean Combs, P. Diddy, actually initially cast as Willie Beeman, uh, but scheduling conflicts supposedly caused him to drop out, leaving the role to Jamie Foxx. However, other sources cite that when football experts began working with P. Diddy on quarterback drills, they quickly realized he had zero throwing experience. Uh, So they know that he could never convincingly play a pro quarterback, whereas Jamie Foxx, natural athlete, uh, quick learner at the position.
1: Wait, that's hilarious and makes a ton of sense, too.
0: (laughs) I want to see footage of P. Diddy training. I want to see the
1: screen. Yep. I want to see the screen test of P. Diddy throwing a football. (laughs) I'm sure it's terrible and embarrassing.
0: Uh, Ving Rhames, David Duchovny and Chris Tucker all also reportedly turned down roles in the movie. But what an ensemble cast we have. We've got Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid, Jamie Foxx, James Woods, LL Cool J, and Margaret, Lauren Hawley, Matthew Modine, John C. McGinley, Charlton Heston, Aaron Eckhart. It's crazy. Plus, not to mention all the actual like football cameos as well.
1: It's nuts. There's so many people in this fucking movie. Yeah. I don't know where they got the money to make this movie. I really don't.
0: And uh, speaking of fuck, the word fuck, spoken 117 times in this movie. It's uh, one of the most profane films out there, I guess, on that list. 3,000 cuts in the movie. Just to give you an idea of how often, uh, how many shots there are, how intense, how much footage there must have been. 3,000 cuts for them to cut it down to a 2 hour and 42 minute long movie.
1: I mean, this movie just gives me a headache. (laughs) Everything about it. I can't imagine how long it took, how crazy it was to put together, like, how many times they probably had to reset all the action shots, just everything about editing. What a headache this movie is from, like, from the people who made it to the people (laughs) who had to watch it. This movie just seems like a bunch of fucking work.
0: Uh, yeah, and it did have a soundtrack, which did peak at number 28 on the Billboard 200, with such artists as LL Cool J, of course. We've also got Missy Elliott, Moby, and Senator Kid Rock.
1: (laughs) Hey, um... (laughs) Is this our second LL Cool J movie, dude? This is our third fucking LL Cool this J movie. This is our third. Movie. I fucking knew it. What was the third? Because obviously, um, Deep Blue Deep Blue
0: Yep. And then he was also in uh, Halloween H H2- two Halloween Water, dude. Halloween H two O. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: And in this movie, dude, he plays for the sharks, and he sang a rap song in the last movie about his head is like a shark fin. It's all coming about, together.
1: Yep. About sharks. Yeah. Yeah. No, ah, same
0: year by the way deep blue sea what a year for l oh, cool james wow same year yeah ladies love cool james <laughs> dude wow so it's rated r for strong language and some nudity and sexuality all right man i think we can finally fucking get into this and it's gonna be a little difficult going through the the plot breakdown because there's a lot of it's just football games here and there so we'll you know we'll, we'll alter as we go
1: yeah and a lot of it's also nonsense so we might just skip over some of it <laughs>
0: So we open up on a football game in progress, and like we mentioned, it is edited to insanity. It just, some of the plays I genuinely can't see because they're off camera, some of them it's so close you can't tell what's going on, other times mm-hmm. it's just loud, uh, like, smashing sounds or, like, vintage footage of players fighting. It's fucking nuts sometimes. Yeah,
1: and there's, also in the beginning credits, we also got, like, a thunderstorm, like, you know this, we're about to go to war. Yep,
0: modern day gladiators, bro. Happening.
1: We're going to freaking war over football, bro. But yeah, it's it's insane, and I I think I know what Oliver Stone's going for here, because I, I think the whole point of this movie, and it sets the tone right off the bat, is that everything at this movie, the dial is turned up to 12. Sure. It's so intense, it's so fast, you know, much like pro football, Brandon, it's just so fast, intense, strong, loud, you know. <laughs> so he really captures the essence of that.
0: But we get so much Slow motion, sound will drown out, then get super loud quick cuts. It's all there. We finally meet Jack Cap Rooney. Yeah, He's the starting quarterback, team captain, played by all-American treasure, Dennis Quaid. Last seen on the show uh, in The Parent Trap, I
1: believe. Uh, correct.
0: He's knocked on his ass right in the start of this movie. He's out for the game. And uh, we meet a bit of the team. They're they're the Miami Sharks. Again, a fictional team. A once great American football team now struggling to make the 1999 AFFA playoffs. They're coached by 30-year veteran Tony D'Amato, this is Al Pacino, who's, you know, mighty pissed off when the second string quarterback is also injured in the same game. The
1: Everything in this sequence is so over the top. Jamie Foxx is off on the sideline <laughs> eating peanuts and, you know, he doesn't have his helmet, that kind of shit. <laughs> and like just the yelling, the stress of it all. I'm stressed out five minutes into this movie. <laughs>
0: Yep, I was stressed through much of this runtime. And I think the amount of screaming and yelling and the quick cuts, it all just sets you up on a. You're tense. I'm tense already. Here we go. All right. Mm -hmm. So, coach is then forced to put in third string quarterback, Willie Beeman, played by Jamie Foxx, who straight up pukes due to the nerves. Uh, He has no idea what the hell's going on. He's calling plays that aren't even plays, just making shit up on the top of his
1: head. But, uh. (laughs) I guess he has a couple of decent throws, decent plays, right?
0: Yeah, Yeah, a couple of decent plays. And it's during this game we also meet a ton of these characters who will come in and out. We got uh, at halftime we see James Woods. Of course, it's James Woods playing Dr. Harvey Mandrake, the uh, team's physician. We've also got uh, Matthew Modine as Dr. Ollie Powers. He's the
1: team's internist. Cameron Diaz as the team owner. Yeah, Christina
0: Pagnacci. She's the the owner, general manager. She, I guess, inherited the team from her father, who's passed away. Uh, we meet Aaron Eckhart. He's Nick Crozier, the offensive coordinator. LL Cool J is Julian J-Man. Washington, the starting running back. <laughs> Beeman, during the game, though, he does make a number of errors. Fails to win the game, but he does play fairly decently anyway. He gained some confidence. Al Pacino, of course, is, like, built to make... A number of great locker room speeches and he, he does the last one obviously is one like you probably heard maybe bits and pieces of because it's kind of famous yep. but like you know he's got that voice he screams everything and he clearly loves this sport but is also just in desperate need of rest and to just chill he just needs to chill
1: i i will say this that the tired al pacino look does probably go really well with this character because 30 years as a head coach in professional football that's a difficult life, bro. <laughs> that is a hard life.
0: Rooney, Dennis Quaid, meanwhile, he's laid up in bed. He promises to be ready for playoffs. I could say that I could watch Dennis Quaid scream in bed all day long. His fucking temper tantrums is are hilarious. Man, I love, I can't, love I, that man. And honestly, out of all of the characters in this movie, he is maybe the one that by the close to the end of it anyway, I'm like, man, I feel fucking bad for this guy.
1: <laughs> he's the only person in this movie, I think, with an actual family.
0: Yeah. Yeah, one that cares about him anyway, and he's, like, intact. Like, <laughs> Although yeah. she starts treating him like shit later on, too.
1: Yeah. Ugh.
0: Yeah, we get the idea that Pacino, he's an alcoholic, he's divorced, estranged from his kids, I presume. And he does not have a good relationship with the owner. So him and Diaz are constantly arguing about kind of the direction of the team. You know, she wants to cut Dennis Quaid because he's getting too old. The team's not making enough money. And, uh, you know, she suggests that perhaps Pacino is just over the hill. Because they've lost like four games at this point, right? Yeah, they just lost some, their four
1: games. So. Well, they, they've lost yeah. four in a row. I don't know what their overall record is, but four in a row, yeah.
0: The next game, Beeman does pretty well. Again, he starts off the game puking. That almost becomes like a sort of ritual for him now throughout the rest of the movie. is every game he's got to get one puke in, dude. Just one puke.
1: Got to throw up one time.
0: Uh, the game, by the way, some of them are really intense well like choreographed it's some epic football fucking shit it's actually really exciting to watch
1: Oh, uh, I, th- I was gonna say i think out, out of all the football movies i've ever seen this is probably the second best friday night lights probably being the best choreographed football movie that that movie's incredible i still i'm <laughs> oh better movie way way sure. better definitely movie. but i but it is it is well choreographed i mean when the camera isn't cutting so that you can actually see what's going on. The movie looks pretty good during these football sequences.
0: They do. It's a shame that they're all scored with these, like, shitty instrumentals or, like, Ja Rule. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oliver Stone himself, I noticed, is one of the commentators. We've got John C. McGinley as a kind of slimy sports reporter, uh, which is great casting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Dr. Cox. Dr. Cox.
0: You know, Willie starts disregarding the team's conservative offense, and he, you know, changes plays in the middle of the huddle, he starts pissing off the coach, and a lot of the players start losing respect for him, because he's clearly just doing, you know, what he wants to do, but he does win him the game, and then there'll be times when such truly baffling editing choices, like, it'll literally cut to an exterior of planet Earth. It was just like a time where it just cut to earth. No like satellite floating in front of it to be like, yeah, whatever, like a Jerry Maguire type deal. Like this is earth. It's just yeah. inexplicably here's earth and then it would cut back into like now I'm at a party. <laughs> like what?
1: I know. What are we doing? It really is I you know, I really want to sit here and tell you that the over the top parts of this movie or just like the intensity and loudness of this movie are satire. But it's it's exactly s- shots like that and, like, the weird inner cutting imagery like that that tells me it's not. This movie's taking itself super seriously and it makes it just, like, ten times more douchey than it needs to be.
0: Well, yeah, because it, it'd be like taking Michael Bay and then mixing him with, like... I don't know, like Lars von Trier or one of these very artful directors who just, like you're taking yeah. the, this hyperkinetic editing style and like big balls and fat tooties and all that stuff and you're mashing it with like <laughs> this vicious attack on the NFL and and uh, you know, it's the entire system and corrupt America and the player, all this stuff.
1: And now I'm thinking about Transformers, a Wes Anderson film. <laughs>
0: A lot of wide shots, that's for sure. Yeah, everyone. A lot be, of
1: wide symmetrical robots.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's color coordinated for sure, and most of the <laughs> Bill characters Murray's are sad. in it. Yeah, yeah Bill, Bill Murray
1: plays Optimus Prime.
0: <laughs> oh, shit! It's the night of the party. They're at this like charity ball type deal where LL Cool J is doing coke off some lady's breasts in the bathroom and it's like teammates getting blown on the toilet seat next to him because it's like this is football baby fucking look at it.
1: Just a bunch of rich millionaires.
0: (laughs) The media you know Beeman is really getting pretty cocksure. He even like dumps his girlfriend and the media begins hailing him as kind of the next model of quarterback.
1: Also uh, there's, there's a scene in this movie because we're talking about his girlfriend too where it like almost borders on domestic violence. Ugh, it's, it's close. Very I was very close. worried. I was gripping how why the NFL does not like this movie. It just portrays its sport and its players in such a bad light because it has everything in it. It has the unnecessarily unnecessary violence. It has the partying, it has the sex, the drugs the domestic violence like there's a lot the nfl yeah you know there and and don't think it's not happening it's happening
0: and the uh not to mention the actual like racism within the industry mm. yeah and how that affects yeah. its players yeah that's true not a lot of good things this movie's saying about uh, american football
1: but but at the same time i feel like it's idolizing it and that's what's upsetting about all of this
0: Well, yeah, if your plot synopsis reads modern day gladiators, I think, you know, (laughs) you've kind of got a hard on for football players.
1: You're stoked on football, but I think by glamorizing it and then and then putting in all of the fucking bad shit that comes with it, then you're I think glamorizing that too
0: maybe just being like a fly in the wall you pick your own decision man you you know you here's here's what's happening i'm just showing you what's happening yeah but i think this is real
1: yeah but you can't leave that up to an audience of football lovers no (laughs) you can't do that (laughs) that's too much that's trusting your audience too much someone had to have gotten it someone had to get like arrested and have their life ruined in this movie that's what needed to happen
0: no, everyone gets away Scott clean and
1: Everybody's fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: Most people are turned around for the better. Dennis Quaid, not a big fan of Jamie Foxx, uh, nor how he's, you know, taking his position from him. All the fame and the endorsements, it all starts going to Willie's head. <laughs> he records a music video at one point. Yeah. <sighs>
1: It's, and again, this this is taking entirely too long.
0: Yeah, there's just a lot. I mean, again, I get what it's going for, this like sprawling look at the entire industry, this mosaic of characters and whatnot, like a Magnolia-style fucking movie for football. But like, you're not Magnolia, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Jamie Foxx is good in this movie, though, by the way. Almost just, all the performances, honestly, yeah.
0: pretty good. Yeah, Jamie Foxx in particular, Al Pacino. You know, Cameron Diaz, she just feels miscast to me, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: She's fine, but Cap knows that he uh, Beeman's breathing down his neck. He's injured, but he still wants to play, so he starts, you know, fucking working out, getting into beast mode. Cameron Diaz, meanwhile, because she wants Dennis Quaid gone, she convinces James Woods to allow one of their other players to continue playing despite him having like what a fucking brain bleed or some. What's going on with this guy? He is, uh,
1: dude. He's
0: not in good health.
1: Yeah, shouldn't be able to play football.
0: Yeah, clearly having some sort of serious neurological disorder, but. Coach and Beeman have a sit-down eventually where they sort out all of their grievances. Cameron Diaz tries to get James Woods to basically, you know, convince the coach, though, that uh, uh, he can't play anymore. He's just too old. Beeman initially believes that, you know, racism is kind of playing this major role in his history of being denied opportunities.
1: Which is possible.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think he used the word placism, you know, to describe a lack of African-American quarterbacks and head coaches in pro football. These are all in interviews and whatnot. It's starting to kind of, you know, rub his you know, teammates and coach in the wrong way. But coach says, you know, that's not the reason I want Dennis Quaid back, basically. It's because you're not a true leader. I'm going to play Cap as soon as he's ready to go. You've, you've done well for us, but, you know, you're getting the bench pretty soon. So they kind of have like this whole blow up. And it's at this point, you know, the whole team really pissed off at Willie for his arrogance, his selfishness. One of the players... <laughs> Does he saw his fucking Hummer in half with, like, a buzzsaw? <laughs> What's happening?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, like, cutting it in half or, like, chop somehow trying to chop it in half, like, outside of a club or something. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's so on this party. He comes outside and his entire, it looks like a Hummer, sawed right down the middle. Jesus. The next game, they pull that, you know, classic football movie trope play where they're, you know... The team is pissed off at the quarterback, so they're not gonna play for him, dude. The quarterback's on his own. He's gotta earn their respect. Yep. And that's exactly what happens, man. Freaking longest yard, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> longest yard. D- dare I, dare I say? I don't know. Better. I, better I, I don't know,
0: dude. Yeah, we may dare have to find I that out it. for yeah, sure someday. Have to yeah. find out. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's close. It, it's genuinely closer than I thought it should be. <laughs> you agreed.
1: For a movie that's an Adam Sandler remake versus an Oliver Stone (laughs) epic, it is a lot closer than it should be. I agree.
0: But they do end up losing that game, so they lose home field advantage for the playoffs. They were kind of on a winning streak there, so they did make the playoffs. And uh, it's at this point that Jamie Foxx, LL Cool J, they get into a bit of a brawl in the bathroom. Coach blows up at them, tells him he's embarrassed to be their coach. Hilarious. So the next day at practice, coach realizes what's been going on with James Woods, how he's been lying to him. So he, you know, has basically been altering players' test results so that they can keep playing. Uh, Matthew Modine, you know, the internist, rats him out because he's been asked by so many of these players to keep giving him, you know, steroids and stuff and all this stuff. And he realizes that this mm-hmm. guy cannot play. This player, you know, that they keep talking about, he just should not be able to play because one more concussion could do him very wrong.
1: Could kill him, yeah.
0: So, there's this whole blow-up. I actually really like this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes, I think, in the movie. I just like how... Because James Woods, again, always plays a great asshole. Because he is just, like, him going at... (laughs) He is. But him going at it with with Al Pacino is just great. Uh, And... (laughs) Because they have this whole argument, basically, like, who are you to decide you know if these guys can't live their dreams if they want to play on the field and you know even though if it's going to kill them that's not your decision to make but it's the same time it's not the doctor's decision to you know to lie either so it's like yeah you get where each side is coming from but they both sound fucking insane at times either way his fucking exit line is hilarious because he's had this very this much younger girlfriend we've seen a few two a few times throughout the movie and uh, she's standing on the field watching this all go down he's fired you know, John C. McGinley is thrown into the benches and whatnot. And James Woods, as he goes, he calls for his girlfriend to come with him and she just kind of refuses. And so he walks off muttering like, fine, stay here and get butt fucked by 12 Neanderthals, bitch. (sighs) (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, James. And that's just a taste of some of this dialogue. Like, yeah. Insanely just oh, dude. over the top. Yeah, vulgar and misogynistic and just everything politically incorrect.
1: Brandon, you've known me for what, four years at this point now? Yeah, dude. At least. You know I like a swear word and vogue phrase or two. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, man. I you dabble, you dabble. Yeah,
1: I dabble in it. <laughs> I dabble in the in the nonsense. Um this movie's a little over the top. <laughs>
0: This movie's a bit much. Yeah. So Coach heads to Dennis Quaid, to Cap, tries getting him psyched up, you know, for the playoffs. But Cap sort of wants to sit it out because he realizes his body just isn't there. Uh, he can't do the work and he doesn't want to let the team down. So he does what I think is a very just, you know, responsible thing to do. You know, he, he doesn't want to play anymore. He just doesn't, you know, have it in him and he doesn't want to, you know, lose the playoffs for them. So he asks, maybe I, I kind of want to sit it out. And then fucking Al Bacino begs him, basically. Yeah,
1: please, I have I have been so fucked up to Jamie Foxx. You have to play. <laughs>
0: Just keeps at it, begging him to come back. Yeah, I mean, I do feel for this guy. It's at this point where, you know, he clearly loves the game, but he's Mm -hmm. been told his entire college career, you know, or career since college, rather, what to do, who to sign with, how long you're going to be there, you know, and uh, he explains this all to his wife, like, I just feel too broken down and uh, I can't carry the team anymore. And She just, like, slaps him, will not hear it, basically calls him a pussy for quitting, and yeah hits him in the face Dude. before storming off it is intense
1: which is like he just he just went off on this like oh, i feel like i've always been told what to do and then his wife like pressures him <laughs> into playing more football it's t- what a fucking yeah that's why like again this movie would be a perfect satire of the sport but it's just very it's serious just yeah and it's so, so, so confusing yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so confusing because it'd be per like this movie, I think, uh, I mean, we're going to give our ratings later, but I like, honestly, some satire, I think would bring it up like a solid 50 points, (laughs) like just being like being exactly what it is, but just like have someone come out and say like, no, it's satire. Like we don't we, we don't condemn any of this. Yeah. Or commend any of exactly. this. Exactly. Ratchet
0: up the comedy, um, just kind of make it a little more farcical. And I think you got something yeah. really fun here. But yeah, they, they play it so self serious. And again, these characters have some big stories, you know what I mean? Like this this football player, Dennis Quaid, who's you know, his dream was to do this and he's just realized like he cannot he can no longer pursue his dream, his dreams may be done, and you know, the people around him won't <laughs> accept that. Like that's a really tragic story arc. And then you got Jamie Foxx who's dealt with racism and oppression his whole life, he's finally made it to the top and then yes, he's got this arrogance to him, but you know, all of his put play- it feels like
1: his chances being taken from him yeah. right when he finally figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. It's
0: But then they edit the hell out of it and it's just there's so much, it's so densely packed that the the character arcs just kinda don't resonate well. Like everything's just so convolutedly like plotted and placed. Sometimes I don't understand why it's cut and edited the way it is, but mm-hmm Again, great performances, some good writing in terms of the actual, like, characters, but the story and plot itself, I think it just, everything just gets drowned out because it's so aggressively over the top. It's,
1: yeah, it really is, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you'll have some of the audience that's paying attention to these plots, too, who are just going to get bored. Because of how much is in it. And so you lose half your audience doing that, but then you have the other half the audience audience who's just waiting for the next football thing to happen. Yep. And they're gonna get bored with all the nonsense in the middle of it. So it's just you're losing everybody by trying to put everything in there at once. Like make it make the plot more simple or dumb or like shorten it a little bit and have epic football sequences if that's the kind of thing you want. And it's probably a better movie, vice versa, if you want to, like, actually make these plots into something, you have to cut out the 20-minute party scenes and the fucking half-hour football sequence. Exactly. You just gotta, you know, you can't have it both ways and have it be a good movie.
0: Yeah, maybe a decent TV series, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh,
1: put this into, like, the Friday Night Lights thing. Like where yeah, they where ballers they, or any of those yeah, or shows. ballers, I mean this essentially is ballers is way more of a satire, even though it probably isn't, but you know what I mean like that, yeah that that makes it a lot more comical than this movie does, but that's ballers is essentially this
0: coach at this point worsens his relationship with Cameron Diaz, they continue to argue, you know he's too old, she's too female, <laughs> and uh you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sorry that was funny
0: we get this great speech then this is kind of like probably the best scene of the movie the locker room speech the life's a game of inches a <sighs> lot of great al Pacinoisms here yeah. you know lots of screaming it's a good it's a good speech well-written speech
1: you know there was a point where i used to think like oh this is a good speech and now i was just thinking the entire time penis jokes it's a game we fight for that inch <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: we pretty mature, dude.
1: Yeah. Was there a fart joke in this movie?
0: Not a. Actually, you know what? Yeah, that guy like took a. He had to crap his brains out after the steroids or something. Remember? No. Yeah. Where, like the woman has to run out of the way for him to like hit the toilet.
1: Yeah, but is that a poop joke or a fart joke, Brandon?
0: Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. We gotta I take it to the saying. judges. It's yeah. Only we'll half. Have, it's only yeah. half. Yeah. Uh, arbitration. 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 Legal, yeah. legal documents.
1: If you if you wanna if you wanna weigh in and tell us if the poop or fart joke <laughs> in, in any given Sunday was a poop or fart joke, go ahead and write us a nostalgia band.
0: Pod at gmail dot com.
1: We'd love to <laughs> pod at gmail dot com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter. We wanna know does any given Sunday have a poop joke or a fart joke? That's called engagement, uh, Brandon. We're building yeah. as a podcast.
0: I'm also very glad that shit scene was in both the director's cut and the cut you saw on HBO Max, That's, Correct. So that makes that I'm comfortable there. That's good.
1: Well, yeah, I mean why Oliver Stone's not leaving that on the cutting room floor. You kidding me? It's <laughs> exactly. like I'll cut I'll cut whatever you want out of this movie, but I'm not cutting the poop joke. <laughs> well, Oliver, I think it's a fart joke. I don't know.
0: Oh, we'll leave that up for scholars decades from now to decide. <laughs>
1: One day two idiots will have a podcast. (laughs) A what? And they'll discuss. (laughs) A what? (laughs) You heard me. Jesus. Tell LL Cool J he's up next.
0: (laughs) It's game time. Al Pacino's eyes looking fucking as tired as ever. This whole movie, saggy eyes, droopy peepers. Uh, We get a bit of Charlton Heston here. He plays the league commissioner. Just for a very brief moment, I think he's maybe in two scenes at the most. But (laughs) as the game starts, wouldn't you know it, Cap gets fucking laid out in the end zone for a touchdown. It's pretty fucking epic, but he does go down, and he is down for the count. And at first, it's a super tense moment because you think after he's fallen, he's already had like all of these back problems and whatnot. And, uh, as he is laying on the ground, you wonder like, holy shit, did he just paralyze himself or is he dead worse? You know, like, oh shit, he does finally get up, but it's like that, uh, Jerry Maguire moment with, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. When he gets, uh, knocked out there and then hops off the old field there. But, uh, it's a cool moment. I like this whole bit with Al Pacino telling him, you know, like, thank you for what you've done. I will not forget this type of deal. Like, <laughs> you know, you may have destroyed your body, but we got a touchdown. Thanks. Yeah.
1: You may not be able, you may not be able to walk again, ever again, but, uh. We're up seven.
0: <laughs> and now I can put Willie Beeman in with uh, no guilt and I don't look like an asshole for going back on my word. So I get everything I wanted.
1: Thank God. At the, only at the expense of your legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Beeman gets put in, starts scoring some touchdowns, uh, this is where I noticed the Chirons in this movie. <laughs> very shitty effects. Not to mention the very stupid names of these teams. It's like the Sharks versus the Knights.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, the fucking uniforms that they put these fucking poor Knights extras in. Ugh. Dude, those are the grossest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it basically looks like sports that like... for a long time, man. I've seen some ugly uniforms. That is the grossest uniform I've ever seen. It's like a fucking poop mustard yellow and, like, giant red crosses on them That's that go, like, through their head and, like, over their shoulders. It's just...
0: Ugh. Rather wear that, like, mesh <laughs> shirt vest thing they used to give you mm-hmm. in gym class to distinguish what team you were on.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. They look like pennies.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, so it's just the last game, you know. It's, it's no real more remarkable than the previous games we've seen. They end up winning it, you know, kind of by the skin of their teeth. It's one of those epic last minute, you know, touchdowns there. Of course, Beeman scores the winning touchdown. There is a, I don't know, a strange decision to fade faces on top of each other. And then there's a lightning strike on Jamie Fox's face before he runs in for the win. And uh, that basically ends it, man. That's pretty much the end. Beeman and coach walk off to credits on the field. And then I, as I was about to hit the old eject button on the old uh, Blu-ray player there. That's when it hit me that uh, during these credits, there's also gonna be some footage. So fuck, I gotta see what's going on here, okay? So (laughs) this there's a final press conference where Coach, uh, you know, he's thanked by Cameron Diaz, and he's expected to announce his retirement, but instead (laughs) drops a bombshell, announces that he's been uh, hired as a head coach and general manager of an expansion team in New Mexico. I guess the Albuquerque Aztecs. (laughs) And uh further infuriating Cameron Diaz by adding that he signed Jamie Foxx as his starting quarterback. Fuck you. Peace out.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> Go Aztecs.
0: And uh that is that's it, man. That's any given Sunday.
1: Your thoughts, Brandon.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound like a lot when you put it out there, <laughs> all in like uh, you know, writing or in notes. I mean, I gotta just ask myself, is any given Sunday, is this a good football? And you gotta look look at the competition. We talked about Friday Night Lights being a great movie, Rudy's great, obviously. I, I would honestly though put this up there with with like a longest yard or the re, I mean the replacements. Though I even think it might be better than the blind side, honestly. I don't yeah, like I'm that. Not movie, big, I'm but, not a big like blind like leatherheads. Oh, I
1: hate I hated leatherheads.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a ton of shitty football movies. Yeah. You know, this one, I admire what it kind of went for. It was this it was this big, sprawling look at this industry, its players, coaches, owners, doctors, literally everyone tied to the sport, really. But it's so aggressively made from its editing to its camera choices to its fucking testosterone-fueled characters that its style sort of overshadows some of the narrative in, in, I think, a detrimental way. So mm-hmm. I think it's uniformly well acted, pretty good performances across the board. Uh, but nearly none of the characters did I find all that likable. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess some of them do have arcs. I can appreciate that. But for two and a half hours, they're all kind of just assholes in one way or another. Dequate yeah. excluded. Dequate excluded. Sure. I just think it's too much, though, man. It's too hyperkinetically cut to pieces for me to understand the geography of scenes sometimes. Uh, you know, it's got odd, oddly placed archival footage. I just don't quite understand. It's a bit pretentious. Uh, but it's ultimately kind of in line with what Oliver Stone movies I have seen. That's kind of his style. Sometimes it works for me. Sometimes he makes great movies. Other times he makes movies I do not very much like. This one I think's all right. I honestly don't hate it. I think there is an energy to it. I think mm. there is some, you know, skill behind it. But is it a movie I'll watch again? Probably not. I, I can recommend this to people who maybe want to just. You know, get another football movie, a different kind of football movie, but just, you know, going in, maybe you want to break it up into segments. Maybe you want to, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know if I'd recommend this because, honestly, I can't get it to a fresh rating. I'd give it like a, I'd give it like a 50, a 45, 50, somewhere in there. It's, you know, there's too much skill and talent behind it to dismiss it. But at the same time, it's just too bloated, way too up its own ass. and I, and, and frankly, just kind of like. I wouldn't say offensive, but there's a lot of shit in this movie now that's just like, who, daddy, <laughs> does not hold up today. So, I don't know. I guess if you're intrigued by the premise and you've you've seen every other football movie, give it a watch. If it's something you were nostalgic about back in the day, it's really not worth your time, I don't think, unless you're going to kind of break it up into segments like you would a TV series.
1: I mean, this there's really, it boils down to there's no excuse for this movie to be two hours and 44 minutes. You can cut so much garbage out of this movie and and it really is garbage because like you said a lot of it's just like random archive footage or just nonsense just pure nonsense um I, i do think it does a good job capturing some of the craziness of being a professional athlete especially more so probably at that time feels like hey this would be a cool life for people to get into Whereas, like, if it had just been a little bit more satirical, I think it makes way more of a statement and, you know, means a lot more than just like, you know, to me, the the person who loves this movie, who says this is their favorite movie, is like that kind of person that sits there on the couch watching Beerson, like, oh, if my arm hadn't fucking fallen apart, would have gone to states This had been me.
0: <laughs>
1: yep. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just it's too much. It's too intense. And I never thought I'd say that. <laughs> if you're more casual football fan, or you're really watching it just to see more movies, I, I'd go ahead and skip it. I don't think there's anything here for you. I'm gonna give it like a 35. I mean, I, I man, it's it's fun. It's fun to look at sometimes. But yeah, I, I would watch it in like 20 minute increments if you could.
0: Huh. Well, you know, we're uh, taking on something much shorter next week. Oh, thank God! Uh, like way we... shorter. <laughs> so much shorter. Literally, I think half the length of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> not
1: even. A, not even. Yeah, try to do not the math even my ninety head, yeah. minutes long. <laughs> it's, it's, Yeah, exactly. So much shorter. Uh, nice. Can barely featured. Cannot wait. wait. Yep. Um, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Before we get there, Zach, what have you been uh, watching this year? Anything good? Anything bad?
1: Uh yeah, I got a couple of things. Yeah, um two down, of man. them are not two of them are not new, but one of them is. Um the first thing to recommend would be Soul, the Pixar movie on Disney. That movie was great. That is be- that movie is beautiful. Yep, yep. It's one of the most beautifully animated movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Great. Watch it on the best TV you can. It's it's really really good. Uh, another one that I started watching. I think they're on season three of this now, maybe four. I can't remember. Uh, BBC uh, Killing Eve.
0: Oh I, yeah. I don't know if
1: you've seen that show, dude. That show's great. Is it? That's a really good show. Yeah, watch that show. Okay. You'll like that okay. show. Um, it's I I don't know what I expected going into it. I literally knew nothing about it, but it, awesome spy thriller. Um, kind of. I don't know. I just watch it. It's pretty good. Okay. Okay. Um, the third one, and you're going to laugh at me, dude. This is not me. Married at First Sight, dude. We th- so season nine is on Netflix. We started watching season nine of Married at First Sight, and I think watched maybe 100 hours of it in two days. Holy shit. <laughs> or not 100 hours, I'm sorry hours of it (laughs) in two days 100 hours would be fucking great but um 10 hours of it in like two days i mean it is it was unbelievable if you're in that like i need to watch some like trashy reality television i can't recommend it enough i think they got like 10 seasons of it or something on hulu um but if you really want to dive in (laughs) headfirst, netflix only has season nine and it is well worth it
0: And um, if you got in 10 hours of that, how many hours of uh, Real Rob did you get in, do
1: you think? Oh, well, so I watched Real Rob at night. I, you know, go to bed. Oh, it's, but it's I,
0: your go-to-bed comfort show. Yeah. Rob Schneider's yeah. Real Rob.
1: Yeah, but you know how that goes when you turn on Rob Schneider's Real Rob. You start watching it in bed, um, and you're like, oh, I'll just watch one episode and fall asleep to it. But, you know, after you know it, you've pounded out through fucking...
0: Uh, all two 20, seasons
1: yeah all two seasons real Rob
0: and it's the next like, well, day you gotta go to work and it's the next day
1: you gotta go to work and then you know come home watch a little bit of fucking married at first sight and then you watch more real Rob
0: yeah yeah, nothing's worse than a Rob hangover and the only cure a little hair of the dog that bit you some more real Rob <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh so actually, Killing Eve, the creator of that, actually directed her feature film debut, uh, Promising Young Woman, which I finally mm. got to see. Dude, one of my favorite movies of the year. It's fucking great. Bo Burnham's really? in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Christopher McLovin's in it. It's got a great cast of supporting characters, basically just about, I don't even want to get into it. it. Just see just see it. As soon as it comes out, watch it. It's difficult subject matter, but it's it walks the line in such a fucking per- pitch perfect way of dark comedy that I, I really liked it. Perfect. Uh, I also saw Sound of Metal on Amazon Prime. Dude, that's dope. Yeah. Uh, Riz Ahmed uh, plays a metal drummer who loses his hearing all of a sudden, and he has to just learn to eventually cope with being deaf. But just imagine the scenario of you're going about your day and you literally become deaf. How would you go about – you'd try to find a doctor, but how would you communicate you need to get there? What would you? It's just insane just to try to rationalize or think to be in someone else's shoes for the moment of like, that first realization of you've just become deaf and, like, what you do after that. Interesting. Pretty good. Yeah. So really? That was on Amazon Prime. And uh, I did watch Soul. Soul was dope. Movie I also saw that I, <laughs> we don't need to recommend. My last uh, last film I've seen of 2020 so far, M- 2021, rather, uh, Mo-
1: Monster Hunter, dude? Why did you watch that?
0: Because... <laughs> Because theaters are open here, and they have two. There was two people in it. And I was like looking on the thing. And I was like, you know what, dude? I haven't been to a movie in forever, so, so went you to go see. There's nothing. There's literally nothing in theaters unless I want to watch fucking Wonder Woman 1984, and everyone's telling me that sucks. And everybody's. I mean,
1: you don't want to see uh, Kristen Wiig as a cat. <laughs>
0: you know what? I kind of do, but yeah. there was a cat soldier in Monster Hunter, so that oh, made of up. Of
1: course, there yeah. was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good.
0: Yeah. So. Yo. Speaking yes. of cat soldiers, uh, Colin Farrell, the star of our next film, <laughs> uh, <laughs> a movie I used to watch actually a lot back in the day. Uh, really, I haven't seen, I did. I saw this the, the year it came out, I think it was 2002. I probably saw this maybe three or four times just because I loved the premise. It was super short. My dad liked it. So it was one he just threw on and I'd just sit there and watch. I, I just liked this movie. But again, have not seen this one in a good, I'd say maybe 10, 15 years.
1: Interesting. Okay. I think uh, I haven't seen it in about ten, fifteen years either. But I've also only seen it once. <laughs> um,
0: I don't think it's actually all that critically hated, so we might be in for a treat. I hope. No, we, I'm excited. I think movie. I yeah. think I
1: remember liking it, so I'm excited to watch it. Uh, did you Did you name it yet?
0: No, I didn't, dude. So much suspense. Yeah. <laughs> 2002's uh, phone booth, going back to old Joel Schumacher, oh, uh, last God. seen on the podcast at uh, Batman and Robin.
1: <laughs> oh my god yeah and joel schumacher does not have a good uh track record <laughs> on this podcast so i'm very curious to see yeah. how this one turns out
0: pulling for him for sure yeah so thank you for listening thank you for sticking with us as always through all of our uh you know hiatuses here and there we like to get to you when we can but we're also going through just a lot of you know life changes job shit gets so fucking hectic especially yeah. recently yeah there was a pandemic. The Buffalo
1: Bills won their first playoff game since I was 3 years old. So
0: Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal, Zach.
1: Yeah, that is a big deal. So, how are the Patriots?
0: Dude, don't even I don't even no, I, know, anymore, no, I, I don't even know if they're good anymore. I just wanted to know how the Patriots, yeah. are. Well, to how the Patriots are. Well, I know Tom Brady's still doing well, Well, I wasn't
1: asking about Tom Brady. I was asking about <laughs> Well,
0: as always though, we appreciate people coming <laughs> back to the podcast no matter how long <laughs> it's been since we've been off the air. But we're glad to be back. Yeah. We'll have the next episode out when we can, but uh, you know, work work schedules are a bitch
1: yeah, you never know, man, but we're going to do our best uh especially this year we'd like to try and be 2% better. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, man, a little more profesh maybe 2021, who knows. First episode of the year. Nice. Nice. Yeah.
1: I mean and uh I think in light of that, again, I just really pushing for some uh listener engagement this year. So if you think there's a fart joke or a poop joke, in any given Sunday, we are begging you to go to our social network channels and write us a comment.
0: That's that's Twitter. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That's an email address, pod at gmail.com. You can actually just throw yep. out some uh, recommendations, some requests out there, too. We also do those every once in a while. So,
1: Yep. And you can listen to this episode and every episode of Nostalgia Be Damn by going to our originally hosted website, nbd.podbean.com. You can also check us out on Apple iTunes and Instagram and a couple other places where you get uh, podcasts like iHeartRadio, who they should give us money.
0: <laughs> every time. They still have not done that. Though, I can't
1: believe it. I I've, I've plug them every week. Give us money.
0: Uh, and I'm going to end with uh, the actual Willie Beeman song that he made for the uh, Jamie Foxx's rap in this. I got, I pulled up the lyrics. I just want to read you two of them before we go. It starts with, My name is Willie, Willie Beeman. I keep the ladies creamin'. <laughs> and all my fans are screaming, You gonna defeat me? You dreamin'. Have a good one, everybody.
1: Why would you end a show like that? <laughs>